Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Well, it is my honor this morning to introduce our guest speaker today. This is Nathan Presley. Uh, Nathan has a wife, Aubrey. She'll be here later this morning along with their four-year-old, Nathan, and I believe she's probably nine months now, huh? And she's 18 months. She's 18? Oh, my goodness. I thought it said eight months in the in the bio. Well, 18-month-old Caroline. They missed the one, but yeah. Okay, very good. She'll be here later this morning. Um, his wife is a music teacher in Mesquite. We have quite a few music teachers in our church, so you might enjoy visiting with her. Um, he just graduated from SMU last month with his master's. Um, and he, I know. Thank you. He says he's enjoying the postgraduate life right now, which means he's job hunting. <laughs> uh, but he's worked in youth and children's ministry since he was like 13 years old, very steeped, especially with, uh, with our youth. He likes going to the park yeah. and playing board games and building train tracks with his little guy, um, reading, especially poetry. He's really into science fiction and fantasy, so JP might like to talk to him this morning. Um, and he really likes, because he's steeped in youth ministry, video games. Um, But I love that he told us this about him. He said, there's nothing greater in life than to serve in a place where God can be introduced into lives, letting them know they are wanted, welcome, loved, and accepted. So please give a warm Roy City welcome to Nathan Presley. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with you this morning to share in worship and praise and to share and reading of word together to to hear the word that God has uh, given to us this morning. Um, it is truly an honor, and I would like to also, I know he's not here, but to just extend that gratitude to uh, uh, Reverend Chris and the opportunity to, the invitation to be here with you. One of the things, as a recent graduate, one of the things we were taught, and you're probably, many of us know this, your teachers or whatever you do, the one thing you don't take to work with you, and when you get to work or when you get to school, the one thing you don't bring with you is your um, beautiful cell phone. So I figured what better way than graduate than to break that rule first, number one, and bring it with me and uh, leave, it, leave it up here. But I do have a question for you. How many of you have one of these? How many of you would say you can't live without it? There's a couple hands that are back here going, I don't want to say yes, but yes, that's kind of me. Interesting information for you. If you didn't know, parents is might be something to keep an eye on. P- children, keep an eye on your parents. The average person will spend 3.5 hours a day on their cell phone. 2.5 hours of that are on apps meaning most of it's probably not playing a game. It's on your social media apps, your Facebooks, your Instagrams, your Twitters, your Reddits, your Discords. You, you name the application. It's, we're spending 2.5 hours of our day online reading, looking at what other people are saying. We're invested in it. It's something part of our society. It's something we're growing into. Um, I am proud to say that I'm part of a generation that remembers what it's like before we had computers, 
but also to be young enough to know what it's like to use a computer and to uh, grow with it rather than trying to figure out this as it keeps speeding up and I can't move faster with it. But it's something that's, that's been more interesting to me. I, my undergrad is in communications. It's uh, I'm from Texas A&M Commerce. And so one thing that I do a lot is listen and observe how people are talking and how people communicate. Another interesting thing about me is that I'm a very socially challenged introvert, so communication seems like the weirdest thing for me to study, but I am very intrigued with it. Over the past 15 years, we have had a change in social discord and how we get along with each other. That is mostly in due to the fact that these cell phones have become more and more intelligent and more and more bringing us closer together as a community through applications like our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But what has happened in that social discord is that we get this freedom of expression. And in that freedom of expression, we also find that we have a, we find that we disagree more with each other than we thought we originally did. And we use that disagreement in manners that are not as loving or accepting or welcoming to each other. And what I'd like to, our scripture passage this morning, I'd like to take this scripture passage and use it as a mirror to our social environment that we have today. To consider what it is within our language and who we are and an opportunity that we have as Christians, as people, grace-filled people, grace given by Christ to us to live out to the world around us, what difference that can make in our world, even in our social media environment. Our scripture reading comes from the book of Philippians. It's chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 2 through verse 9. Philippians chapter 2, chapter 4, 2 through 9. A letter from Paul saying, I urge Judea and I urge Sink. I can never pronounce her name, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone the Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything be, by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As I already introduced to you, today's social discord seems to be more prominent, more out there. We see it. 
it's not just on our cell phones. By the way, you see it in the news. Take your news channel, you'll see it. And it's, it's discouraging, and we, the poll, many polls find it discouraging. If you really look, people are like, I just don't like the news. How many of you enjoy, actually enjoy watching the news and find the news enjoyable to listen to? Exactly. We, it's, it's, we struggle with it. We very much struggle with it, and there seems to be this aspect that as much as we are fully connected, we are more connected today than we have ever been. The more connected we are, the more separated we really have become. Our scripture passage begins with Paul urging two church members who have worked diligently with one another, who have worked within the church to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the, gra- the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in, this, in the community of Philippi. Philippi is a community in southern Macedonia. It is a wealthy community. It is well off, partially because it is full of retired soldiers and military veterans. They were given land by the government because of their military work that they have done their time. So here's some land. Here's some, you know, a place to make some wealth. By the way, Philippi is a huge trade center. So people are, you know, ships are coming in with goods. Caravans from the east, from the east are coming in. Caravans from the west are coming in. There is money to be had. The people are very, well, as I said, well off. They're doing great. And then this Christian faith starts coming in, which challenges anything and everything they've believed, including their, the Roman gods, which is their, you know, where they received their wealth from the God who is favored, from the favored one of the gods who is Caesar, who gave them their land. So this church is as a church that knows what struggling for the Lord is about. They know what struggling to be proclaim the name of Christ is about. And they know what it is to live, the difference that living that life in their community can make. But yet there's two people that are not getting along, and Paul finds it appropriate in this letter to say, to call them out and say, hey, I urge you to get along in Christ. It's something that stands out to me as, a, as when reading this, it's something we can stand out that stands out to, to me as a society that Paul doesn't say, I recognize you don't get along. Paul doesn't say one side is right and the other side is wrong. Paul says, have one mind in Christ. You see, when we put our minds in Christ, all of a sudden our responses to one another is going to change. We're not so apt to want to, I'm going to use terms that you see online, slam another person because we know what is right. We're not going to want to one-up them because they said something. Now we have to prove that we have the higher moral, intelligent grounds. Paul says, come together with a mind in Christ. And in that mind of Christ, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Centering our minds on Christ and what Christ has done for us, we suddenly become to recognize that we matter less than what we think we do. And Paul, Paul wants to urge these individuals and urge us as we look at society, especially in these times where social media is changing how we interact with each other, to think about what's so important. Is, is it me who's more important or is it you? And then he challenges us further 
to say, if there is something that, that, you, that you worry about, that bothers you, that is on your mind, instead of taking it to the, where the problem is immediately, why not take it to the Lord in prayer? Why not take your struggles, take your, those, those frustrations, those things that you deal with internally that get your mind running and get your anger and your blood pressure up and take it to the Lord? Because when we're in Christ, there is peace, a peace that is past all understanding. I don't know about you, but today I pray that we may find in society a peace that is past all understanding. I don't know what that peace looks like. It's past my understanding, but I know where it comes from. And it comes from a mind and a heart that is centered on the grace of Jesus Christ. And Paul brings us to this point of saying not to worry because Christ is greater. In Christ, there is a greater power than we can ever understand. In God's grace, there is something greater than we could ever fully comprehend. And if we center our minds and our hopes and our faith in that grace, in that love, in that peace, then suddenly it's going to change the demeanor and how we interact with one another. And those things that come up in our thoughts and in our minds, when he says in verse 8, he says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What more could he be saying? He's... I'm going to take, John Wesley takes these four, eight things that Paul puts out and he brings them into couplets. They go together. If we actually look at them closely, when you look at whatever is true and whatever is honorable, we're looking inside of ourselves. When we're true to what we say, when we speak the truth, the love of Christ, when we say, I love Christ, I love Jesus, are we speaking that I love Jesus to each other, saying, I, Jesus, I love Jesus and Jesus loves you? Are we taking with our actions and stepping out to others and actually reaching out with love, saying, I love Jesus, I love you, see in my heart and my actions that I love you? These are actions that are, that John Wesley proclaimed, wrote about. He says, these are actions that are true and honorable. These are actions that people, we recognize in ourselves and others will recognize in us. And then whatever is just and whatever is pure, is how you act to others unbiased, is how you act to others with full love, is what you're doing, not putting yourself above somebody else because of status, is who you are true. And then are you being true to yourself in your actions? Do you truly love yourself? I love the word that he uses when he says, uh, Paul says that it's, the translation is pure, clean. Have you taken time to consider those things that are roadblocks in your life? Those times that you may have fallen. We know that we are forgiven, but do you hold on to that, those struggles, those things that you've done that you shouldn't have done? If you forgive yourself, have you found that purity in the grace of God and the forgiveness? In this, he suddenly, he says, there is, it becomes pleasing. As a parent, and those of us who are parents, there's nothing more pleasing than the truthful actions of our children and when they obey and do what they're supposed to do. 
I mean, it is like heaven on earth, is it not? Those things are pleasing, and the best thing as a parent that I can do is to tell my son and to tell my daughter how much I love them because I know what they are doing is right. It's true, and it is honorable, and it, those things are pleasing and commendable. And then there is things that are excellent, things that are just beyond measure, the goodness that we can treat one another. And in those things, all these are worthy of praise. Because again, when our minds are centered on Christ, our actions that we take, the things that we say about ourselves and the things that we say to others are not centered fully on what I think. It's centered on what Christ is. What, who Christ is and the mind of Christ and it speaks deeply to our hearts it speaks deeply to their hearts it says that you are loved and I know this because I have experienced God's love in me when we address one another in the love of Christ there becomes a change in society because I believe in the heart the power of God's grace that changes through that love being made known and Paul speaks of this in, a man, in the word peace. Peace where there is not a, where we don't experience anger. Peace where we don't experience guilt. Peace where one person is not better than the other. One person is not less than the other. One person is made, we are made equal in Christ. Today in our in our social media in our world today we we have this demeanor that we have one is better than the other we have this demeanor that one side has the moral high ground than the other we believe that one person is right and one person is wrong and we like to live in that but who is right paul says there is the right answer is christ And in that, there will be a God, we will find a peace and joy that will be with us. Paul's message to the church in Philippi is not so different than the church of today in the United States or even the world. And I think that here in Roy City and here in, this is still Rockwall County, am I right? Okay, making certain I got my counties correct. Here in Roy City, Texas, in this county of Rockwall in the state of Texas in the United States in North America in the world we have the option to be a voice the question is what voice is that that we're going to share is it going to be what we believe is right or is it going to be who we know is the right answer and that's the love and grace of Jesus Christ we have the opportunity to share peace share peace and share love when we wrap our minds on this, it does make a difference. You may think it doesn't. As I was introduced today, yes, I unfortunately have an enjoyment of spending time online playing video games. I want to give you an example of how this matters. The people I spend time playing video games, most of them aren't Christians. Most of them have, tur most of them have turned away from the church when they were the age of 10. Walked away, the church has nothing for me. I don't know what it is, what they're talking about with this Jesus person, but it doesn't apply to me. About two weeks ago, I get this message from one of them saying, hey, can we talk? I said, sure, anytime. 
said, hey, I'll be online in about an hour. So I, unfortunately, I'm online at 11.30 at night, and yes, I'm ready and we're willing to talk to him. And he says, I'm having a hard time in my life, and I want to know, is God a good answer? Because I've known many people who claim they're Christians, but there's something different about who you are. There's a peace about you. There's something that's calming inside of you. And when you talk about your faith, it's with life and with love. And I just want to know, is this, an, you know, within these, my issues, my struggles, is God an answer? It's like, yes. Yes, God's an answer. Scriptures, we believe in the scripture that encourages us to take our worries and our pray, prayer and supplication. And there's a God of peace that we find within that. Yeah, he's having a hard time with family issues and health. But to see also hear in his voice a change over the last couple days, I believe God is at work in his life. And I know it's because of my demeanor where I, where I was actively invested in their lives by living out a mindset of grace and peace, keeping a mind that is pure of heart, loving them, accepting them for who they are. God has made a difference in their lives. My challenge to you, my challenge to us today, as the praise band gets ready to come back and we get, as we come to a close, my challenge to you is to consider what is it that's on your mind. What is it that we think about on a daily basis? Is your mindset a mind that's focused on Christ? Is your mind a mind that is, heart, that is set on how can I love other people? How can I extend the grace of God to the world around me? Or is your mindset a mindset set on being better than the person beside me? being greater than my neighbor, greater than anybody else, because it's my opinion that matters most. I encourage you to find peace in Christ this day. I encourage you to find peace in Christ. And I encourage you to find that in Christ, there is love that brings us together. And it's past, a peace that is past anything we could ever imagine. Thanks be to God. Amen.